Welcome to the Game Before the Money podcast, celebrating pro and college football history, one legend at a time. This episode, Hall of Fame offensive tackle, Willie Rowe. Hi, everyone. I'm Jackson Michael, author of the book, The Game Before the Money, Voices of the Men Who Built the NFL, published by the University of Nebraska Press. Welcome to episode 50 of the Game Before the Money podcast, featuring Willie Rofe. I had the opportunity to interview him at the 35th annual TriStar Productions Houston show. Willie Rofe is the youngest player I've interviewed for the game before the money. And I'm really excited about having him for this 50th episode of the podcast. The book, The Game Before the Money, is comprised of 40 interviews with NFL legends such as Bart Starr, Frank Gifford, and Ken Houston. The first interview in the book is with Chuck Chirundolo who started his 10-year NFL career with the 1937 Rams, the very first season of the Rams franchise. Today's guest, Willie Rofe, his career ended in the first decade of the 2000s. So this show not only marks the 50th episode of the Game Before the Money podcast, it marks eight decades worth of oral history from the 1930s through the early 2000s from men who played in the NFL, sharing stories about their backgrounds, their careers, and their lives after football. When I started this project, I had no idea what it might turn into, and I'm very grateful for all of the interviews players have granted to the game before the money and so glad to be able to share the next phase of the project through the podcast. Willie Rofe is one of those guys that might have been able to play in any era. He played the vast majority of his career at left offensive tackle and made the Pro Bowl 11 times. He was drafted by the New Orleans Saints as the eighth overall pick in the 1993 NFL Draft. He played nine years with the Saints and then played the rest of his 13-year career with the Kansas City Chiefs starting in 2002. Willie will share with us a story about how he ended up in Kansas City later in the podcast. Willie Rofe was born in 1970 and grew up in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. He said that his family placed a high value on education. Well, my parents were well educated. My other sister went to Harvard and Princeton. She's a bishop now. And my other sister went to Georgetown. So I I tell everybody we have high standards in our family academically. So I got a PhD in football. Now, a lot of you listening likely know that Rofe's Hall of Fame counterpart, Alan Page served as a state Supreme Court justice in Minnesota. What you might not know is that Willie Rofe's mother served as a state Supreme Court justice in the state of Arkansas. Well, she was in private practice. My mom actually went to law school 
after I was born. Then she graduated second in her class and worked up in Little Rock. And we lived in Pine Bluff, so she commuted every day. And then she got appointed to the Supreme Court in like 1997. Then she went to the Court of Appeals. Willie's father earned a football scholarship to Michigan State, although a knee injury ended his career before 1961. According to a 1993 Sports Illustrated article, Willie's parents met at Michigan State and their first date was set up by Hall of Famer Herb Adderley's girlfriend. Adderley, of course, also played at Michigan State. Higher education, high standards, and a high level of athletic talent. All of that came together in Willie Rofe's family and helped form the foundation of Willie's excellence on the offensive line. Willie Rofe also excelled in basketball at Pine Bluff High School. He tells us why he chose to play football instead of basketball. I got the football scholarship first, and my dad told me when I was 18, you got to go to the military, you got to get a scholarship. So I got the football scholarship, and I decided to go to La Tech. They were going to Division One. So this is one of those cases where a future Hall of Famer attends a small school. In this case, Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech might be a smaller school, but it's no slouch in turning out pro players. Before Rofe, the Bulldogs roster included Terry Bradshaw and Fred Dean, both Hall of Famers. You Houston Oilers fans might remember that tight end Mike Barber went there as well. So did Roger Carr. Several NFL stars played college ball at Louisiana Tech, and according to Pro Football Reference, the school has turned out 81 pro players in its history thus far. Rofe said that playing there was a key to his development. We were going Division One, and you got to understand, we ran a pro set offense, so back then a lot of colleges were like a wing set and you ran the ball a lot. And when I got to La Tech, Steve Isminger was our coordinator. Joe Ferguson was the quarterback's coach. His brother-in-law was the head coach. Coach Beast was married to his sister. My line coach, Petey Pirro, played eight years in the pros for the Eagles. And then Kenny Anderson coached the DBs. And Mike Barber to come help with the tight end. So we had a bunch of pros around. And because I went to a smaller school and I was undersized, I got a lot of personal attention I would have gotten if I had went to a bigger program. Joe Ferguson, of course, the longtime quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Willie makes a good point there about going to a small school. You might remember in the book, The Game Before the Money, that Elvin Bethay said that he found that a small school worked better for him as well. That's something that's very interesting about college football and not often talked about. Smaller schools with good football programs appear to have a history of being a better option for some kids. In Willie Rove's case, he got a lot more personal developmental instruction than he might have gotten at a larger school. His coaches encouraged him to hit the weight room and he gained considerable size. He entered college listed around 220. By the time he was drafted after his senior year, he was listed at 305. He also ran a 4.8240 yard dash as a junior. So he was big and quick. Although Louisiana Tech was new to Division I football, the Bulldogs played 
a memorable game against Auburn in Willie's sophomore season. Auburn won by two points with a last-second field goal, but Willie got on NFL scouts' radar with an exceptional game against fifth-ranked Auburn at the Tigers' home field of Jordan-Hare Stadium. Louisiana Tech finished 8-3-1 and that year and tied Maryland in the Independence Bowl. Willie continued to improve and impress during his junior year, and he accepted an invite to play in the Hula Bowl. He talks about his NFL draft prospects going into his senior season and how he worked his way into becoming the first offensive lineman selected in the 1993 NFL draft. I had a second, third round grade going into my senior year, and I committed to the Hula Bowl my junior year after my junior football season. So all of us were bunched together. At the time, Lincoln Kennedy was the man. So Lincoln probably could have came out and went top five the year before when Steve Entman and all them guys came out after they won the Rose Bowl in 91, but he decided to come back. So Lincoln was supposed to be the first lineman taken, and I ended up having a real good year, and he got banged up, and I had a good combine, and then I went eight, and he went nine. I was the first lineman taken. Willie's senior season included a game against Alabama, a post in Louisiana Tech's Rivals.com area lists that game as the Willie Rofe game. The game included a play that produced a well-known photo published in Sports Illustrated of Willie knocking the helmet off of Alabama's Eric Curry during a play. Curry also was an All-American and also was a top 10 pick in the 1993 NFL Draft. Willie described his role as an offensive tackle in college, flipping between right tackle and left tackle throughout the course of the game, depending on the offensive formation. So in college, I was a weak tackle or quick tackle. So if it was a two tight end set, I was no man left. But if, if it was no tight end, I flipped during the whole game. So if you watch us play, we had to be pretty athletic because our whole line, other than the center, flip-flopped the whole game. Willie Rofe was drafted eighth overall in the 1993 NFL Draft by the New Orleans Saints. The Saints traded outstanding linebacker Pat Swilling to Detroit to obtain the eighth overall pick in order to select Rofe. Oftentimes, you hear a lot of hype around the NFL Draft about quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, maybe a defensive pass rusher. You don't often hear the type of praise around offensive linemen like the type that surrounded Willie Rofe coming out of college. Sports Illustrated quoted three people as Willie entered the NFL. One was longtime NFL head coach Chuck Knox, who called Rofe the best young tackle he had ever seen come into the NFL in his more than 30 years of coaching. Saints assistant coach Paul Boudreaux said that Rofe was the best tackle that he had ever seen and had the potential to become the best tackle in history. Eric Curry, a first-round draft choice in the same class, predicted Rofe would make 10 Pro Bowls in his career. Curry was a little bit off the mark as Willie made 11 Pro Bowls in his career. The LA Times quoted Rams player of personnel director John Becker as saying that Rofe was an exceptional athlete who could do pretty much anything. Remember, this is a rookie offensive tackle and more than one person is already calling him 
one of the best offensive line prospects in NFL history. Rove said that the Saints started him at right tackle his rookie season to help get his feet wet in the NFL, and he stayed at right tackle the entire game rather than switching back and forth like he did in college. He faced a tremendous task in week 11 of the 1993 NFL season, going up against the Green Bay Packers' left defensive end, Reggie White. Right, I didn't have to flip when I got to the NFL. I just played right, and I played Reggie White, and I had a good game against Reggie White. You know, Reggie gave me a lot of praise. The Saints moved Rove to left tackle after his rookie season, and Willie held the all-important job of protecting the quarterback's blindside. It was a good transition, and I was happy to move to left. Although the Saints finished above 500, only one season in Rove's years as their starting left tackle, he was a perennial member of the NFC's Pro Bowl squad. He was considered one of the best tackles, if not the best offensive tackle in the National Football League. He talked about what it meant to make the Pro Bowl year after year. It was tough because we weren't that good a lot of times and a lot of it's luck and skill and once you get a name, you know, you normally keep going but uh, there's a lot of hard work and some of the greatest guys in the, in the 90s, I call it the golden years, a lot of all-time great football players were in the 90s so it was tough competition but I'm happy that I was able to go and, and represent the city because a lot of times we weren't playing that well but I was going to the Pro Bowl every year. The 1990s truly were a golden era in the National Football League. Willie made the NFL's 1990s All-Decade team, selected by the Hall of Fame's Selection Committee, and based solely on performances in the 1990s. Listen to the list of names that joined Willie on that team. Jerry Rice, Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, Brett Favre, John Elway, Bruce Matthews, that's just a few of the names on offense. On defense, you had Bruce Smith, Reggie White, Junior Seau, Derek Thomas, Deion Sanders. Some of the greatest and most exciting players the league has ever seen. Willie's tremendous career, however, hit serious adversity in 2001. He suffered a torn knee ligament that required surgery and months to heal. Upon his return, he told the Saints that he'd rather play elsewhere. The Saints traded Rofe to Kansas City for a fourth-round draft choice that could be upgraded to a third-round pick if certain conditions were met. Willie talks about how he wound up in Kansas City. The Chiefs were the only team that wanted to touch me. I said I might go to Denver, and uh, they didn't really offer me a real contract. So uh, the Chiefs were really the only team that offered me a new deal. Kansas City Chiefs President Carl Peterson stated that the team believed any risk was worth taking on the potential of Rofe playing multiple seasons for Kansas City. Saints General Manager Randy Muller said the deal was done at Rofe's request and New Orleans needed a draft pick for compensation. In the end, it was a great bargain for the Chiefs. Rove played four seasons in Kansas City. At the time, Kansas City was led by head coach Dick Vermeil, and you can hear his stories in episode 49 of the Game Before the Money podcast. Kansas City not only had an excellent coach in Dick Vermeil and a fantastic owner in Lamar Hunt, the team also had an incredible offensive line. It was great to play on that line. 
We broke all the records. You know, me and Brian Waters and Casey Wegman and Will Shields, who I came out with, Will beat me for the Allen Trophy in college. So for me to end up playing with him was great. And he didn't miss a game for 14 years. Rofe and Shields were both finalists in college for the 1992 Outland Trophy. Willie talked a bit more about fellow Hall of Famer Will Shields, who played guard for the Chiefs for 14 seasons. You know, he played guard, so it looked different than tackle. So I, I just admired and respected how good he was and the consistency every day. You know you're going to get a Pro Bowl effort and practice in the game from Will Shields. When he beat me for the Holland Trophy, I'm like, who is this Will Shields guy? And he ended up going to 12 Pro Bowls, so I say we both were tit for tat as far as career. He didn't miss a game for 14 years, but I mean, when you got a guy that's going to line up for you for 14 years and you ain't got to worry about him, that's a, that's a great luxury to have. Willie Rofe made the Pro Bowl each of his four seasons with Kansas City. He retired after the 2005 season. I asked him why he decided to retire when he did. I wanted to go back one more year, but I was banged up. I had tore my hamstring. I pulled my hamstring, then I missed three games. I, I got hurt the first game of the season. My back was bothering me. And I missed three games and came back, and I missed three more games, and my body just wasn't feeling right that offseason. I said, you know, I had a good run. I wasn't going to go out there like a lot of guys that extra year and be trying to in and out the lineup and then getting beat because my body wasn't right. Mentally, I couldn't do it. I was worried about my body, so I, I didn't want to put my body through it anymore. I left on my own terms. They wanted me to come back. They tried to make me come back. And then Vermeil left, and they hired her members. That was part of it, too. You know, we, we had hired a new coach, so I'm like, I'm walking out. When I interviewed Willie, he stressed that the coaching change part of his decision was based on the fact that he would have needed to learn a new system rather than the fact that Herm Edwards was the new coach. Just adding that for clarity, there are a lot of new things to learn with any new head coach, and that of course can require a lot of extra effort on the part of the players to adjust to a new offense. And that's what Willie was speaking about when he mentioned the coaching change. Honors rolled in after Rofe retired. I mentioned earlier that he was on the NFL All-Decade team of the 1990s. He was also named to the All-Decade team of the 2000s. He was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame as part of the 2012 class. He's also a member of the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame and the Saints Ring of Honor. Naming the complete list of Halls of Fame to which Willie Rofe has been named would take a long time. He's widely recognized as one of the greatest offensive tackles to ever snap together a chin strap. I asked Willie what his life is like now after retirement, and he says he's in a good place and enjoying life. Everything's good, man. I'm in Florida now. My youngest is at LSU. I got three grandchildren. I've been married for seven and a half years. You know, when I retired, my body was banged up and I was dealing with cellulitis and some other issues where I had back surgery. God helped heal me up and, uh, you know, I've been uh, living right and uh, I feel a lot better now at 51 than I did the last 10 years. So I, I, God is good. I get my cardio and, uh, you know, I, I go to church and, uh, you know, try to be a good husband and be a good role model. We close the interview with Willie reflecting on the COVID-19 pandemic and him handing out some Hall of Fame advice. Just uh, put God first, you know, and uh, this pandemic and 
we lost a lot of people and, uh, you know, it, it makes you appreciate things more and uh, you understand that they're the higher being that uh, is in control of everything and treat people like you want to be treated. Thank you for listening to this, the 50th episode of the Game Before the Money podcast. A special thanks to Willie Rowe for interviewing for the podcast and a special thanks to TriStar Productions. Upcoming podcasts include episodes with AFL legends Lionel Taylor, Al Denson, and Nolan Supernat Smith, as well as 49ers Hall of Fame linebacker Dave Wilcox. We will also have a special episode with 2012 Heisman Trophy winner Johnny Mansell. Visit thegamebeforethemoney.com and the Game Before the Money Facebook page to stay updated. Transcriptions of some episodes of the podcast are available at thegamebeforethemoney.com and are powered by our transcription partner, Sonics, spelled S-O-N-I-X. Visit sonics.ai to learn more about their automated transcription services. Mm-hmm.